630 Chad presents the Elks this week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game from the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Elks this week. Man, it's been a minute or two since we've seen the football team play, hasn't it? That 27-0 loss to the BC Lions back on July 29th seems like a long time ago. A lot has happened since then, hasn't it? Uh, they made the changes, uh, they've had the bye week, and they've returned to practice uh, this week. Our show last week, you'll recall, was all about the changes. Jarius Jackson replacing Stephen McAdoo as offensive coordinator. And last week, we thought there was going to be a competition, a mini-training camp of sorts to decide who the starting quarterback will be in place of Taylor Cornelius this week against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Then we went back to practice on Friday and Chris Jones promptly said, Trey Ford's the starter. So he's the guy who's going to get the start Thursday when the Elks play host to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at Commonwealth Stadium and right here on 630. We're going to check in with the Blue Bombers and talk to the voice of the Bombers on CGOB in Winnipeg, Derek Taylor, uh, on the show. We're also going to check in with uh, Elks Assistant General Manager G. Roy Simon. Uh, in fact, we'll do that right now. We've started talking about that time of the year in the Canadian Football League and in the NFL. NFL training camps are underway across uh, the U.S. Preseason began last week. They'll continue this week. Cuts will start to come very soon. And that means t- teams will be scrambling to sign some players to bring them in to strengthen their teams right now. And G. Roy, on behalf of the Elks, will be right in the middle of that. Well, I mean, obviously you're looking for the back-end guys that are that are on the roster. So, you know, when you're watching an NFL game for in the preseason for us as, as CFL guys, um, we're not really watching the first or second quarter. We're usually watching the end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter. Guys that were sixth or seventh round picks, guys who are free agents, guys who are almost at the end of their NFL stint, um, and guys that are willing to, to, to come to Canada and, and, and join our team. So um, there's, there's a little bit of a process to it, and there's a little bit of a sign to it, but um, we'll, we'll, we, we're definitely getting into it. We have a couple guys at, at training camps right now, and they report back to me every, you know, each and every day to let me know who's who's on the bubble from each camp. And I guess you just wait. You've got names identified, I assume, and then all of a sudden you see, oh, this guy got released, yeah. and the phone call starts. Exactly. Happening. Yeah. I mean, we've we've already started that. You, you know, when we get in the camp, we talk to the pro, pro directors, we talk to the assistant GMs and the scouts, and they let us know each guy, you know, which guys are on the bubble, which guys are going to make practice squad and which guys are going to be available so um you know then we start we find out who their agents are and we start reaching out now not you know not expecting them to come to the cfl right away but you know at the end of the season uh closer to the end of the season and into the off season you know those guys will be available for us to, to reach out to and start recruiting are these guys mostly negless guys or mostly just free agents for everybody well everybody has only you know you have 45 guys on your necklace so you know that and it, it sounds like a lot but that's not that's not a ton especially when you have 32 teams and and probably between you know 20 to 30 guys on each roster that's that's going to get released um so you know right now it's 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 um it's having a relationship with the agents and 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 um you know their college coaches and just reaching out that way not really reaching out to the player yet because as soon as they get cut they're thinking they're going to get signed by another nfl team so you know you build the relationships with 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 the people around them and 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 that's that's really how you start recruiting them and again 
guess you got to find the guy who's tired of being on practice rosters and tired of being bought out on medical leaves yep. and yep. tired of going from one team to another and not playing and mm-hmm. wants to get some tape, <laughs> wants to get some game action. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of different reasons why guys should have come to the CFL. Like you said, some guys are tired of being on practice squads. Some guys have been injured and need to get some video. Some guys, um, you know, are, are at the end of their NFL career, but they still want to continue playing. So um, the, there's a number of different reasons, but the only reason we care about is guys are healthy. They still want to play football, and they're, and they're willing and, and excited to come to Canada. And I think this is either the first or second uh, time for NFL camps where the guys not only have the CFL, but the XFL and the USFL is out there as well. So how much of a hindrance is that to trying to get a guy to come here? Well, there's there's a little bit of a hindrance, but the, you know, the thing is we sell is, you know, one, you can, after your CFL cr- contract each and every year, you can go back to the NFL. Um, you know, we talk about the difference in money, um, but you can also, the, the difference is you can, you, you know, our minimum is what they they pay their max um, and you can make you know four or five times more than what you actually make as a minimum here and you can have a healthy career so even if you know you do try to go back to the NFL if it doesn't work out you can still have a career here most of those leagues are, are sort of like farm leagues so you know those guys are only playing one two years max in those leagues and then they're going to be out of football so you can you know obviously you can play as many years as, as, as um, a team allows you up here so um, that's that's one of the selling points and, and it's it's, and it's about recruiting and, and selling. Um, you know, a lot of people don't—they don't understand what all the all the benefits there are to come to Canada. Um, but you know, a guy like me—I'm I'm an American that came up, so it's important for me to to tell my story and, and, and explain the, the benefits of staying in Canada. You're scouting guys. Eight other teams are scouting guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? I, I'm just imagining this in my head now. A certain guy gets released mm-hmm. and he's a free agent. Is it like nine teams calling him right away? <laughs> a lot of times it is a mad dash to see. Um, who's calling? That's why you know, um, you know, we get up early and you know we're on the phone early with agents and, and late at night um, because you know as soon as we find out a guy's released, if he's not on on a neg list and he's a guy that's that's uh, a typical CFL guy, we're we're gonna every team's gonna reach out to him. So um, and it's also it's also important to have healthy relationships with the agents because you know they're, they're a lot of times they're gonna send they're gonna send their player to a, to a team that they that they like and someone that they respect. So um, um, that's why I always have a, a really good age, uh, relationship with agents. Yeah, I guess agents can know what's the best situation for these players, and if it's Edmonton or Montreal or whatever, that's where they're going to guide them. Yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah, that's the thing. They they want the best for their players. We obviously we want to get the best players possible, um, and 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 guys that fit what we do. So um, it's 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 ongoing dialogue. And how many times do you tell agents to? Make sure he's got his passport up to date. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a whole nother story. I mean, criminal records, passports, things like that. That's that's a whole nother story. That's what makes it almost harder to get guys in Canada because one, if they don't have a passport, or two, if they had a hiccup with with the with the law, depending on what it is, we we can't even uh, go after them. So we have to do a lot more background and research than than other than other leagues. And a lot of these guys, like go back over your career, both in the front office when you're playing. Do you remember a guy who came in at this time of the year who? Made Made an absolute huge impact on the team. Do those guys exist, or are they just guys that come in that maybe make your team better now, but really make their big impact next year? Well, a lot of times we're, when we bring guys in, we're not expecting anything from them because they have to come up, they have to get used to the game, they have to get in shape for for our for our style of play. If it's a DB, they have to learn how to deal with the waggle, and receivers have to learn how to deal with the waggle. So when you bring guys in, you don't expect much out of them, you know, right away. It's it's basically you bring them in and keep keep them on practice squad and let them learn the game 
and then you know you're expecting something out of next year for them. Plus, it's later in the season now. This time of year, usually you're you know you're at week eight. Now you're going to be week 10, 11 when these guys are available. Yeah, like I said, the season's almost over. You know, even though if it's if it's week nine or ten, you still it's it's there's probably five or six weeks before it's going to take before them get to get acclimated to the game anyway. So you know anybody that we bring in is is going to be a thought for next year. All right, I want to ask you about what you've seen this week at, at practice. Obviously, some changes to the offense, uh, play calling at quarterback. Uh, what have you seen? What have you, what's the big difference you've seen? Well, the energy is is, is great. Um, obviously, we talked in, in the past about um, the energy at practice, but it's it's even heightened um, this week. Um, the guys are guys are really excited to you know to have a, to have a change in in the court and on offense. Um, and you know we've been pushing the ball downfield a little more, um, a little more. Um, it's just open, and, and guys are really showing what they can do. You know, Dylan Mitchell had a big week in practice, so we're looking for him to have a big game. Um, so we're, it's 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 going to be um, it's going to be exciting on Thursday night. Is it kind of a it's kind of a weird situation because a lot of times when you make a quarterback change like this, or uh, especially at the OC, those guys aren't around still. But mm-hmm. these guys are still here. Yeah. Steven's still working on the defense side of the mm-hmm. ball, and Taylor's still here. Does that? I don't know if awkward's the right word, but is that a different kind of take? Well, you know, probably the first day it was a little bit awkward, but. In the end, we understand this is a business, and you know if you're still in the building, you know we feel that you know you can still help us and you still have value to this club. So, um, you know, yeah, there, it's been awkward the first couple of days, but you know now we're to a point where we're 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 trying to win a football game, and and if you're in the building, you're you're trying to help, and you you need to pull and you need to pull in the same direction. Can Trey's style and the way he plays really spark this offense? Do you think? I think so. I mean, I think you know he has the ability to throw the ball downfield. He has the ability to once he gets out and open space he's really a big problem um, you saw Winnipeg against Ottawa they had problem with a running quarterback so um, I think that you know Trey style if he can if he can figure out the defense if he can um, get the ball to the right spots and then and once he gets an open field he can be really dangerous to those guys um, they're you know they're they're a savvy group they're because they're an older group and you know we want to take advantage of their of their age and, and you know they're like I said they're good but they all they also have some weaknesses he's in a pretty good position too it's not his first start he started I think three games it was last Last year seems talking to him this week he's really excited because he obviously hasn't taken a snap this year he seems really ready to go so it, it kind of could be the the perfect mix of things well you can see in the last few weeks Trey is Trey's really stepped up his his preparation you know you can see his confidence growing the more he's prepared um, you know he had a full he had well, not a full season last year he had a, he had a season last year where he got on the field and he did some he did some things he had a full off season of, of, of work and, and and looking at the the mistakes and some of the positives that he had and then he also worked with Bo Levi Mitchell, and he worked with Zach Kolaris in the offseason. And, you know, being around those guys, you, you learn a lot just from being around them. But then, you know, they're good guys, so they really helped them out. So, um, you know, Trey's, you can see his confidence is high, um, and I think he's, he's confident in, in what he can do. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's something that, that, you know, we wanted to see. You know, his, you know he, he broke down the huddle. That shows a little bit of leadership. So, you know, we're excited about Thursday night and seeing what he can do. I, uh, I don't see half of it. Um, but I, what I've noticed, he is out here late after, every day after mm-hmm. practice. Uh, I understand he was here all through the bye week mm-hmm. and he was on the field and doing stuff as well. So he's really working hard right now. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. That's where that's where you know his preparation has really stepped up, and you can you can see it. Um, you know, a lot of times you know guys, even if they study at home, you you know you can you know you, you won't be able to see it, but you can see he's here in, in the building till seven eight at night. Um, you know, we have a little thing on video that you can see how much film he's watching and you can see that he's watching film not only in the in in the building but even at home
home. So, um, you know, he's, he's doing a great job of uh, preparing, and hopefully that, that shows uh, in a positive way this week. And that is Elks assistant general manager T. Roy Simon talking about Trey Ford and getting his first start this week against Winnipeg on Thursday night. Uh, before that, talking about uh, the NFL influx that's about to hit the Canadian Football League as teams south of the border start to cut down their rosters. I asked him in that interview if he could remember a guy who really made an impact coming back from, from the NFL. Uh, and I guess the one guy that I think of now while I was listening to it, I thought about 2015 and I thought about uh, Matt O'Donnell coming back from the Cincinnati Bengals joined the Elks offensive line for the Labor Day rematch. They won 10 straight going uh, starting on that night and uh, including the Grey Cup uh, in Winnipeg in late November. So there's one player who did indeed make an impact, but he was a guy who'd been on the team before. I think more referring to guys who come in who we don't know about, who haven't had uh, the taste of the CFL. Uh, how much of an impact can they make? We're going to find out uh, for a lot of teams over the next month, month and a half as players start to make their way north of the border after getting cut in the National Football League. All right, we're going to turn our attention on the Blue Bombers uh, coming up here on the Elks this week. When we return, we're going to Winnipeg. Derek Taylor's next on the Elks This Week. Now, more football talk on the Elks This Week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks. 6.30, Chad. Well, practice week is pretty much done. Walk through day tomorrow, and then it's the Elks and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, Thursday night at uh, Commonwealth Stadium, 7 o'clock, start uh, 5.30 for the countdown to kickoff here on 6.30. Chad with uh, Brendan Escott, Blake Dermott, uh, myself and Dave Campbell will have the call for you. David Bowles will be down on the sidelines, and uh, uh, that'll look after it in Edmonton and northern Alberta. In uh, Manitoba, Derek Taylor uh, will have the call on our uh, sister station, CJOB in Winnipeg. DT, how are you? I'm doing very well. Looking forward to seeing the capital city tomorrow. Yes, indeed. Uh, it's a beautiful time of year. It's been raining all day or all evening here, so hopefully that uh, that goes away by game time on Thursday night. But the grass is definitely green in Edmonton right now. Uh, when you're just talking about grass, when you're talking about football wins, the grass isn't definitely not greener right now uh, in Edmonton. Uh, okay, I want to talk to you. I want to ask you a couple questions here. Uh, first off, when in, in reference to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, are you more surprised of the result June 22nd when BC won 30-6, or are you more surprised with the result last weekend when Winnipeg won 15-14 to 14 over the BC Lions. Which game surprised you more? The, the one in week number three where they lost 30-6 to six because the first two weeks uh, against Hamilton and then Sask, they put up more than 40 points in each of those games, most of that obviously by the offense. So when BC holds up together, you know, what I thought was going to be the best offense in the league and best receiving core in the league, when they held them to six points, I kind of left the stadium that night going, what, what, is this not what I think it is? Is is this somehow different? What's wrong here? I, I wasn't surprised that they gave up 30 points because there are some holes in this bomber defense and there were certain injuries. But, yeah, to see them held to six points was way more surprising than to see them score 50 in my book. They really came out, though, the other night in, in the rematch game. I mean, you could tell they wanted to score points. They wanted to score points early, and they wanted to score points fast. Yeah, it was it was kind of surprising and really gutsy, right? They the the kickoff uh, or the kick comes to them. They get it at their ten because of a penalty. They immediately take a penalty and they're at their five yard line, first and ten from their own five. I would more expect an offensive coordinator to be pretty conservative in that spot, right? So what does Buck Pierce do? Hey, let's throw a shot down the rail to Kenny Lawler for 37 yards. And then on the next one, we're going to go to Dalton Schoen over the middle for 71 yards. 
two plays, 105-yard touchdown drive. He went, that's that's super gutsy because if that first one doesn't come through, you're in a you're in a rough spot. They just Kalars Zach Kalars said after the game, hey, they gave us a look we wanted and we took it. And man, they took it all night long. Wow! Three minutes into the game, Kalaris was on pace for a 1,200-yard game in that one. Uh, yeah, he was uh, he was lights out. There's no doubt about that. Okay, I want to ask you another one. Are you? Uh, this is as we kind of hit the halfway mark in the CFL this week. Uh, are you more surprised Toronto six and one, or that the Elks are zero and eight? I'm more surprised that the Elks are zero and eight because you and I were on a podcast, and I boldly predicted the Elks would finish second. Because I thought some of the moves, uh, the moves to bring in, you know, receivers in the off season, plus you know, plenishing what they had, I, I honestly, even with my, I'm not a big Taylor Cornelius fan, as you know, I thought, oh, this this could be really good, and I think these other teams are going to struggle. So uh, I think I didn't, I didn't know what to expect from Toronto because Chad Kelly was to me a total question mark, and I've heard people say of other quarterbacks, oh no, he's got all the tools. But uh, you know the people who are who are pumping Chad Kelly's tires were were right through seven games. But yeah, I honestly thought the Elks would be four and four if you had me four and four, five and three through eight games. It's not gone the way I I had thought slash hoped for them. Uh, yeah, me as me as well. All right, sticking in in the same uh, in the same vein here. Are you more surprised that two OCs have been moved out at the halfway mark, or that five starting quarterbacks are injured already? Oh man. Um, I'm going to say the five starting quarterbacks. The the two OCs. I see that. I see why the move happens in Edmonton. Uh, I don't know that I understand the one in Hamilton with Tommy Condell. Uh, but yeah, it just so many teams. I think maybe three teams were truly prepared to lose their starting quarterbacks this season, and uh, they're you know BC's dealt with theirs fine, and uh, Hamilton is I mean on their third, Ottawa's on their fourth. The, the injuries to quarterbacks that have kind of ruined Saskatchewan. It's like list teams in my brain. I go, this is this is awful, and this is not what we need in the Canadian Football League. Given given the the windows opening for a few players, though, they're getting an opportunity. Uh, Crumbs making the best of it. I know around here they're hoping Trey Ford can make the best of it. Although it's not an injury situation, but he is coming in to start his first game. What's your take on on Trey Ford? We know we've talked on this show before, and I've been on some podcasts with you where uh, you've expressed your thoughts on Taylor Cornelius. What are your thoughts on Trey Ford? Um, I I most vividly remember him from the preseason game last year. They played against Winnipeg and. I was I was very curious. Well, okay, this guy's you know an incredible testing numbers. I didn't see any of his work in college. What's he going to be in the pros? And he was he was making professional defenders look silly with his range of moves, right? And his speed. And it was I think from a passing perspective, it was kind of what I would have thought from a U Sports guy coming right into the CFL of okay, one of three, looking to run first, maybe one read and gone. Um, he, he's got some elite tools, uh, for sure. I, I'm curious to see it all come together. It's been, what, 69 pass attempts so far in the CFL. But this, you know, when that Elks team is healthy, when that Elks receiving core is healthy with Geno back and what Manny is, is going to be back soon, if not this week, I, I think we'll, we'll get a better sense of it. Um, he might have to use that speed, though, with the way the offensive line has uh, – has been uh, taken in <laughs> most re- most recently in the BC game, but I'm yeah. I'm super excited. I don't want anything for my birthday coming up in a couple weeks more than for Trey Ford to be really really good.
All right. Yeah, that's uh, my birthday still like uh, a year away almost, and I'm, I want that for my birthday too, so there you go. Uh, all right, uh, last one for you tonight, DT, and thanks for your time as always. Uh, I, I, I never liked this phrase, but it seems to come up in this kind of situation. Is this a trap game for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? I, I do not also like trap game. I don't think it is. Like, any time, you know, a team's a double-digit favorite over another team, we talk about trap game. I, I don't think it is. I, it's one the Bombers, you know, would win 85% of the time they play it. But as, as Mike O'Shea, the head coach of the Bombers, likes to say, it's not around football. Like it'll bounce whatever direction it decides it wants to, right? So weird things can happen. 6-6 six, six at halftime when we last met in Edmonton three weeks ago, right? Like some strange things can happen even if, for me, you know, qualitatively, each, you know, the Bombers have a better roster than the Elks. I, it's, it's, uh, it's a weird game. It's a weird game sometimes. So yeah, nothing, nothing surprises me much. Yeah, they don't play the game on paper, as they say, right? So we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. There Looking you go. forward to it. Uh, Derek, thanks for your time tonight. I do appreciate it. Derek Taylor from CGOB in Winnipeg, the voice of the Blue Bombers. I'll uh, see you at Commonwealth on Thursday. Sounds good, brother. All right, uh, Derek Taylor, thanks uh, to him. Also, thanks to G-Roy Simon. Uh, it'll all be up on the podcast form a little bit uh, later on tonight, and you can uh, uh, listen back if you missed any of it tonight. Uh, thanks also to studio producers Kellen Kennedy and Aiden Gannon uh, at 6.30 Ched Control. My name's Morley Scott. Don't forget the Elks and the Blue Bombers Thursday night, 7 o'clock game time, 5.30 for the countdown to kickoff show. I will see you tomorrow morning, 5.30 a.m. on this morning with Jalen and Derek. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you.